Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. All right, welcome to the program this morning. We are so excited about our upcoming conference on November 8th and 9th. If you go to ReformationVoice.com, you'll find all of the details. The theme of the conference this year is In Christ Alone. Russ, do you want to tell us about our sessions that we have coming up? Yeah, we. it really is a progression of thought. The, the first is our union with Christ. What does it mean to truly be a child of God in union with 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 Christ and what all flows from that? And then the second one is our assurance in Christ, um, which is really from person to person they – you can struggle with this in different ways and at different times, and and so what does it mean to to be able to live in the assurance of of that union with Christ? And then third, our obedience to Christ, the idea of a child of God does desire to live a life that pleases God, um, live a life in obedience to what God has commanded, and and, and the blessings does, that flow from and that. the blessings that because the law is good and gracious mm-hmm. and kind, it reflects God's character of love towards His people. And then the last one is the return of Christ. That um, one of the, the 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 gifts that we've been given is the promise that in the end all things will be made new. That Jesus Christ, who reigns and rules um, right now, will return as that reigning King um, and finally and completely put all things um, right in the world. So, Jonathan, you want to tell us who our speakers are? Our speakers are Dr. Mark Jones. Uh, he's from Faith Vancouver up in uh, British Columbia. He's um, written a number of books that are, you know, some of them will reference today. He's he's actually our speaker on this subject on uh, obedience to Christ. He's um, I've really enjoyed some of the things that he's written over the past few years. Plus, he has a South African accent. Yeah, he's he does. He's a, he 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 grew up in South Africa. What? Why are you doing? Yeah, <laughs> you know, a younger a younger man in in ministry, but who really is steeped in the Puritan writers and and that. And then we have Doctor Cornelis Venema, who's the president of um, Mid America Seminary and. Uh, Dyer, Indiana, and uh, he also, you know, he's. I, I joked about this when I talked when we talked about the speakers. I've been at conferences with him, you know, where, you know, where there are a number of floor speakers that will get up and we'll, we'll be discussing a topic. And for those of us who are older, we remember the E.F. Hutton uh, ads. You know, when E.F. Hutton speaks, everyone listens, and he has that quality about him. He he really shapes. A thought to where you grasp what he's saying in it, and and you, you, it begins to resonate with you. And you go, boy, I think I agree with that too. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, it's well, I'm wonderful. still I'm still holding a grudge against Russ because I said the name Cornelius several times on the air until he finally corrected me, like on the thirtieth time. Cornelius, thanks, yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. I'll get you back. That's fine. Yeah, <laughs> we'll have you introduce him. Yeah. <laughs> 
Okay, so that uh, is a brief overview of our conference coming up November 8th and 9th. Go to ReformationBoise.com. You can register for free, and we're providing, well, a lunch at a, at a free will offering, and we have books for everyone who registers. It's going to be a great conference. Hope you come. Now, on yesterday's program, we started talking about this third session that's going to be um, presented by Dr. Jones on the issue of our obedience to Christ, also called antinomianism, obviously the opposite of our obedience to Christ. Anti-law, anti-law of God. That's right. Basically, anti-nomos, nomos nomos meaning law. That's right, yep. So Um, it's the opposite, in one sense, of legalism, the opposite error. Now, yesterday we claimed that uh, both, you know, so if we if we frame it like this, legalism would be Mr. Legality and antinomianism would be Mrs. License. These are non-identical twins from the same womb. Mm-hmm. Now, today I want us to look at some of the attitudes that come um, with Mr. Legality, so Mr. Legalism. Mm-hmm. And then tomorrow's show, we'll look at Mrs. License. So legalism is not just the belief that I'm saved by faith and works. One author puts it like this. Legalism is far more than the conscious belief that I am I can be saved by my good works. It is actually a web of attitudes of heart and character. It is the thought that God's love for us is conditioned on something we can be or do. It is the attitude that I can offer certain things, my ethical goodness, my relative avoidance of deliberate sin, my faithfulness to the Bible and the church. Those things support Christ's work and contribute to God's goodwill towards me. Now, brothers, what would you say to a Mr. Legality, who has this type of attitude. Well, I, I think that what you see here is that oftentimes that this legality, people are putting certain boundary marks on their life, and what they're showing is that they do have this legalistic heart. That And, and a legalist very often practices a selective obedience. Um, and, and in fact, if I was talking to this person, you know, so full of legality, you might even start with uh, James chapter 2, verses 8 through 10. If you really fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself, and you're doing well. But if you show partiality, you're committing sin or convicted by the law as a transgressor. So there's a, there's a partial or, you know, selective obedience going on there. Can, can, uh, I, can I just add to that real quick? Mm-hmm. Also, do you, have you ever met somebody who says, hey, I'm a legalist? Yeah, no one does. No one does. And so there is a deception that comes along yeah. with this. It's yeah. not like anybody identifies as a legalist. Yeah, their, their problem is a certain self-righteousness there, you know? And the Bible says the person that keeps the whole law but fails in one point is guilty of all of it. So this legalist is actually, you know, he's failing in other places, but he doesn't recognize his failures in, in that regard. And, uh, you know, it's like we said, it's this problem of self-righteousness. And a lot of people assume that the Pharisees are the, are the real preeminent legalist. And they're the ones who are generally be the ones considered the opposite of these antinomians who don't um, fulfill or, you know, um, have a desire to, you know, do, do the things that God's will requires of them. You know, and, but here they, you know, they're the Pharisee. They trust their own obedience more than God's grace. Um, Mark Jones actually says in his book, the problem of the Pharisees is at the same time antinomian. Christ makes this clear in Matthew twenty three twenty three. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you tithe mint and dill and cumin and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. These you ought to have done without neglecting the others. The Pharisees didn't actually keep the law. Um, 
Their legalism actually made them practical antinomians insofar as they neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. And they did that because they, you know, they, they were self-righteous. They, they loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. They were seeking, self-seeking. They were dishonest. They were hypocrites. Far from keeping the law, they were lawbreakers. And this culminated ultimately in the greatest crime of history because they put to death the, the Lord himself, who was the only completely perfect, innocent man who always kept the law and did not sin. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so in reality, the legalists aren't much different than that as antinomians, if they're different at all. They practice uh, selective obedience, mm-hmm. which is disobedience. That's right. And so does the antinomian. His, he practices a selective obedience, too. That's right. I think I would take the legalist who is is saying it's my ethical goodness, my relative avoidance of deliberate sin, my faithfulness to the Bible and the church that earns me favor with God. And I would, I think I would bring them into the, the book of the Bible that really directs its teaching against this mindset, which is the book of Galatians. Mm-hmm. Um, Paul has some pretty strong words. Um, Galatians 3, he says... Are you so foolish, having begun by the Spirit, Mm -hmm. are you now perfected by the flesh? Did you suffer so many things in vain, indeed, if it was in vain? Does he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you do so by works of the law or by hearing with faith? Mm -hmm. Um, But then in in chapter 5, it's even stronger. He says, you are severed from Christ. You who would be justified by the law, you have fallen away from grace. Mm. Um, and really, the book of Galatians is doing a, a wonderful work for the church and saying, no, it, it is by grace. Now, grace has an effect. Yeah. We'll get to this. But but we don't earn any of these things. We, we don't do these things um, to earn favor with God. We do these things because we have received favor from God. We have received his grace. Mm-hmm. And man, it really does matter which direction this goes. Yeah. Um, I think yeah. one of the biggest things that Sinclair Ferguson contributed in his book, and this wasn't you know original to him, he talked about the difference between a covenant and a contract. Mm-hmm. The, the legalist views his relationship with God in terms of a contract. Mm-hmm. I do my bit and God does his bit. The gospel of Jesus Christ is a covenant. And if you go back to the way that it was instituted with Abraham, how does God institute the covenant? He puts Abraham to sleep and he walks through the pieces of the meat. Thereby he shows that he is the one that fulfills the conditions of the covenant. Mm -hmm. And that's why the gospel is is so uh, transformative because when it actually grips you, Mm -hmm. you're motivated by that's right. And I think we have to just hammer away that the the error is not obedience. Right. No. That's yeah. not the mistake of right. the legalist. The mistake or the error of the of the legal legalist is thinking that somehow the obedience merits something. That's right. From God. They're trying to attain a right standing before God through their human effort. And it's really a distortion of the gospel. It's a distortion of that covenant you're talking about there. Um, you know, and, and 
Russ referred to Galatians, you know, they Galatians, they were telling uh, the, the Judaizers had come in to these new Christians there, Gentile Christians, and they were insisting that the Galatians not only had to believe in Christ, but they had to undergo certain aspects of the, of the law. And, uh, you know, in, by the time you get to chapter 5, where um, Russ had read out of, you know, it says that they're, they're biting and devouring one another. Yeah. Why are they biting and devouring one another? It's because legalism is a system that thrives on personal, personal performance, personal supremacy, and that tramples other people. It's, it squashes grace, mercy, and humility. That's right. And so, so there's there's specific characteristics that are always going to accompany the legalist. The legalist is going to tend to be ungenerous, harsh, overly sensitive to criticism, mm-hmm. deeply insecure, mm-hmm. jealous of others. Now, why why is that? Because we believe there's only a few spots available, and we want to, and we're in competition for those spots, and. Um, so we cut down people, we bite and devour one another in pursuit of that prize that we think that we have to somehow merit. And so we we make the competition between us and other people, and we set up rules, we tear down those people, we judge and defraud them. Um, but don't but, you think it also involves this idea that that the legalist at the end of the day has a high, too high of a view of their own oh, yeah. sanctification, their own godliness, and they have too low of a view of God's holiness, of, of God's character. Right. Yeah. yeah. And because when you begin to do that, then it's easy then to extend that to your relationships on the horizontal frame or field. That if you have the wrong idea of, of yourself and your wrong view of God, naturally you're going to interact with people in inappropriate ways because you're all out of kilter. Well, we hope that you've enjoyed the program today. If you check out ReformationBoise.com, you can find out all the information about our upcoming conference. We'll see you next time. Thank <laughs> you.